Hi, this is Tony Lloyd. Interviewing people for many years has made me realize that everyone has a life story to tell. Be they sad, amazing, or even inspirational, I want to bring as many human stories to you as I can in this series of podcasts. Human Stories with Tony Lloyd. Claire Owen, welcome to Human Stories. Thank you for talking to me. Hi, hello. Thank you for having me, Tony. You're very welcome. Now, um, we're going to talk about um, actually something that's close to my heart, and that's alcohol. All right, okay. (laughs) And I I used to drink um, far too much for most of my life, actually, and recently cut down drastically. Um, All right, okay. So um, I'll be interested to hear about you and your... My take on it. Yeah, exactly. So... Presumably, you didn't have a, an, an abnormal alcohol problem. You were saying earlier, but you were um, just like a normal, a yeah, normal woman. I am my typical client, basically. So that's kind of the, the, the person who I'm reaching out to and who I'm talking to. And what I don't ever want to do is glorify kind of the pain that I was in hmm. and put it in a box. I don't want anybody to put it in a box and think alcoholic. That's nothing to do with me. Yeah, because. You know, the the way that I was suffering was not clearly linked to the alcohol. I wasn't getting drunk and beating my husband up. I wasn't smashing my house. I was having a good time when I was drinking. The problem came when I wasn't drinking and it got to the point where not in a, um, a typical putting it on your cornflakes way, but everything else just seemed boring hmm. and everything else just seemed a bit dull. And it got to the point, I suppose, where it felt like the drink wasn't even working anymore. You know, I would get a Friday or, and we would probably have, and I, I say we, because it was myself and my husband who were drinking to excess, really. Um, we were drinking kind of five or sometimes even six nights out of seven. But because we were having that one night off, it was almost like, oh, well, you know, that's us pulled back. Hmm. the reins in almost and it was ready to go again and And how much were you drinking um i think on a typical god it's terrifying when i look back but it felt normal it felt what everyone was doing to me but um it you know it it was say like on a wednesday night just not because it's any occasion on a you know if we're trying a little bit hard we could between we drink four bottles of red wine Mm mm-hmm And that wasn't even, we weren't like swinging off the chandeliers when we did that. We were just kind of giggly a little bit and probably feeling very um, tired. But it, you know what was, it was crazy how it crept up on us. And then obviously on the weekends, the Prosecco, the gin, white wine, there was nothing that what, you know, we would turn down (laughs) to be honest. Uh And it got to the point where, you know, even if we were out, starting off on pints because I went I'm a Ladette culture and mm-hmm. from that background and um, brought up drinking pints kind of thing um when we couldn't get any more of that in you then would go to, sh- to shorts we wouldn't go home I wouldn't have a cup of tea mm. you know oh, I'm a bit full of that drink can we have a different drink now yeah um and yeah it seemed like a good laugh at the time but the, the pain that I was in and I, I mean all sorts of pain that I didn't even link together. And now that I'm so far away from it, I'm about 620 days now, and I still count the days. I do forget how many days it is, but I'm so proud of this big number Mm. and that I've 
cracked it. And Do you think that uh, there was a reason why you, you drank so much or was it, you know, was there yeah, a problem? Did you have a problem a, in your life or it was just a habit? Tony, to be honest, I mean, we were the happiest we've been, you know, because we, to be honest, we had our own property um, company, prop, we had our own properties by the Lex, that's what we're into. Hmm. We've done properties up and sold them. So we had that time leverage that we all aspire to have where you can, you don't have to be at your desk at nine o'clock in the morning. Hmm. The income comes in because the property's working for you when you're lying in bed. Yep. And so we kind of were a victim of our own success, if you like, because yeah. we won this big contract. So all the money worries were out the window. We, weren't mm. about. we could go where we want and we could do what we want. And so we did. And it actually got into a lot of trouble. You know, I mean, luckily we were investing in a property at the time. We were renovating the biggest property. Um, so the back was ripped off the house. The kids, the poor souls were just like, so there was no housework to be done. It was just kind of, Hmm. We got through it by probably drinking and it hmm. turned into party central. And as the house started to come to, into shape, I looked at myself and thought, I need to do the same thing for me, you know. And I, was that I the, was that the myself. Uh, was that the moment that you suddenly decided to change? I think there was so many different moments, so many different hooks. And I think this is why I've developed what I have so that I can tap in. I don't want people to relate with me because I some terrible thing happened because it didn't mm. it was just a lots of I, i'm quite woo woo if you like i think about the universe a lot and and i just when i look back i had lots of messages from the universe that it was time for, for this to change yeah it, it one of the main things was my it, it was coming up to the same age i was becoming the same age as my dad was when he got got ill and he he had testicular cancer went to his lung went to his brain awful and he was only 45 when he died mm. and I had always had that in the back of my head oh my god in two years time I'm going to be the same age as my dad when he dies so I really and, wanted to get yourself healthy yeah mm. I think I just wanted to I, fe I feel like every day I live longer than he did I don't want to waste it mm. and that like gives me goosebumps when I say it and I think I probably knew that but I couldn't vocalize it before until I've so you know, do you, gone through this journey. Do you think that, um, you know, generally speaking, people need a reason like that to to quit? No, because I had so many more. I had a lovely friend who had came back into my life and, you know, she had practically lost everything. Or she was on her way to losing everything because of drink. And, and you know, we had long conversations and, she, you know, our dream was she was going to help me with this business. And I lost her at the beginning of the lockdown. She died. And, uh. you know, I think we used to talk at length about where my fun turned into her problem. Like, mm. where was the line? And we had hours on the phone chatting about that. And hours about looking at how we were being marketed to. And, like, it would be nothing for her to be ringing each other up saying, I mean, I'm in the local chemist shop. You're not believing the sell wine and the chemist. Like, you know, that would be a normal occurrence for us. And I think she was probably, I'm a certain type of person. And I think maybe she she could see and believed in everything that I was doing, but mm. she couldn't really, she couldn't put herself there. It was almost as if she didn't have enough, enough fight in her. All right, that's a shame. That's a sad story. Oh, it is. It's uh, awful. And I mean, I think so many people could relate to that. And, yeah. you know, everyone seems to know someone. But 
I just hated the idea that people would write her off as oh, she's got that problem and that's nothing to do with me because it is. Yeah. And, and you know, we don't know where that line is and we we'll all play with it, with a binge drink and we do play with it. You're listening to Human Stories with me, Tony Lloyd. I'm talking to Claire Owen from Soberholic.com. And uh, I asked her after she realised that she was drinking too much, what she did next and how she now helps other people. Obviously from, um, you know, those two things, it was a case of I started to look into, you know, what sort of support was out there. I would never have gone to my GP and I would never have, have gone to AA and I've heard lots of good things about AA and, you know, if that works for some people, that's brilliant. My typical client wouldn't identify herself as, as needing that yet, you know, yeah. and it's almost as if to say, what is there in between doing nothing about it and struggling on your own? We all joke about saying, yeah, I wasn't going to drink this week and look at me. I'm onto my second glass of wine. It's only Monday tea time, you know. Hmm. It's what what about that person? How did they get that support? And and I think so many of women my age who I'm in contact with are on antidepressants as well. Really? And they're not supposed to be drinking when they're taking that medication because hmm. it's not effective. Hmm. But they're not really told or shown how to do anything about this. It's hmm. just kind of stop drinking or cut down and so those are the sort of people you're helping with yeah, your, your so business? I, I just saw this gap and I thought, well, I need to do something about it. And okay. being the type of person I am, I kind of didn't start doing some research, read loads of books, done some training online and, and kind of absorbed all this information whilst going through the process myself mm. and coming across kind of stumbling blocks and thinking, how do I get around that? How, how would that work for someone like me? And mm. Well, and I, I just started telling people about it. You can speak authoritatively, can't you? Because you've you've been there and done it. So that's well, that's good. it. And I think I know that I'm not I'm not medically trained, and I don't ever profess to be. And I see myself more as a guide. So I'm guiding them through this journey because it's not it's not as black and white as are you drinking or are you not drinking. There's a process. Um, and I work together with some creative people to get that actually on paper. And I've developed some really good um, materials. And it's you start off stuck and you move on to observe. And it's all acronym for sober. You move on to observe then you become bold and you take action. So anybody who actually picks up the phone or contacts me, they're actually at stage three of my process. They're no longer stuck. They might have been observing me in my sober journey and now they've been bold and they're taking action, but that's not the end. And after that, then they need to go on to the next stage, which is engaging in sober life. So you've got to go to the parties. You've got to try the alcohol-free alternatives. You've got to turn up and you've got to have the difficult conversations with friends. Because if you can defend why you're choosing that path, whether it's temporary or long-term, you're halfway there yeah. if you can defend it, yeah? Hmm. And then you become what the final stage, which we, we call is rebalanced. So rebalanced is when you go and it doesn't matter who's drinking, who's not drinking, you can take it or leave it. And, you know, what I like about the whole process is I'm not saying anybody stop forever. Okay, I'm I was going to ask you that. Do you, do you recommend people totally stop or just cut down or what? 
what I would recommend people do is to, to go through the actual the, the program materials before they even decide what they want to do. You know, because I think often what's the worst thing about this is people commit and they go, right, I'm not going to have a drink for a month. And then day two, they have a drink. And so they feel, you know, really like failed, the self-loathing and I'm rubbish and all of that. Mm. You know, and that just makes it worse. Sort of setting so, yourself up to fail. Yeah. So yeah. I think why we, we don't we don't really know what why we're craving it until you take it away. Mm. But I think for someone to go through the program materials and it's all, I've got a case study of each person, it, like kind of so for the stuck we have Susie. So Susie is stuck. Ollie's observing. Bessie's bold. So I've got like a case study of a fictional character which represents each stage I went through throughout mm-hmm. my process. So it's almost like you take on the role of the sober coach and you watch this process unfold. Yep. And then you decide, and, it, and obviously the information that's in there, it removes the blame. It's not your fault that you're in this situation. Women have been targeted, it's been marketed. Mm. You know, the marketing campaigns have been so heavily to with a pink, you know, the pink fizzy, um, and the, the sweet taste and ciders yeah. and things. It's been, um, yeah, of course. been a long process. Yeah. Well, the, the drinks companies, you know, know what they're doing and they've done all the research and they spend the money and the resources to, to obviously sell their product. Yeah. But once people recognize that they've been brainwashed in that way, it brings a new element because you can turn it around and be a little bit more stubborn and, and I'm not going to be sold to, mm. you know, like us mums, when you go to a supermarket and they've got the chocolates at the aisle with the kids and we know that they're doing that on purpose, you know, it brings in that stubborn streak, doesn't it? So, so it sort of it, brings back control to your life. Yes. And you know, that is the most important thing to my clients. I did, just did a survey about that and I thought it would be freedom, but apparently what they're looking for is control. And it was really hard for me to, to, think how I used to think if that makes sense yeah I was looking at it I mean I'm nearly two years now or something I was looking at it from this this end but at that end that that's what they need the one control okay tell me about the benefits of giving up or cutting down and drinking the physical medical benefits right so the um well the physical benefits have just been huge for me I can explain from my point of view um, and, and just the mental health, really, the energy that you have. And it's it's almost like it starts with the sleep, right? So you start to sleep better. So you naturally feel better because you're sleeping better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you've got more energy because you're sleeping better. So you turn up and you're a different person. You've got more motivation. You've got, you can put boundaries in place. Yep. Because often you say you agree to something when you're a few pints in or you've had a drink and then you go, oh, God, I don't really want to do that. And so you're constantly in turmoil and you don't know who you are. Yep. That's, that's how it was for me. Okay. And obviously other people treat you in that way because you're not respecting yourself. So from that side, it mentally, mm. I think the benefits are, are, are huge. Physically, I've lost two stone, which you know I could afford to lose because I was um each year i was just piling the weight on so that's been huge Hmm. without any effort and it's almost like i'm in a place where i'm quite accepting of myself and if if i was going to be that size 14 to 16 then i was going to accept it now and suddenly the weight's kind of just dropped off Hmm. (laughs) um 
and just just the positivity really i mean i've not had my liver count checked but the mysterious aches and pains in the morning are no longer there mm. that's all good it's all, all all common sense if you can do it and and that, but you can help people to do it i can i mean i help professional women stop relying on wine and alcohol to and how i put it across is you know other relying on it to fuel the busy lives mm-hmm. and by following the five stage sober program they can quickly and easily take back control mm, brilliant. It's, it's all been there ready to spoon feed i mean in this day and age they want it done online they want it done anonymously if necessary they yeah. want it done quick and, and affordable and that's what i've created i can't think of anything worse than um the imagery of um alcoholics anonymous and i may be wrong and apologies to them if this is wrong but uh, the image is sitting around in a circle confessing your problems to a group of people that must be really difficult to do and um, these days there must be better ways of doing it and it looks like you've found that way yeah i hope so i think Part of it came, I, I was invited to go along to a, a non-residential rehab. My my friend, and he's turned into my friend, he was a tenant, actually. He went along and did a 12-week non-residential rehab. So he's done it in a completely different way to, to my way. And it's been lovely to compare notes. Mm. Um, and when I went along to his graduation at the end of the 90 days, and he was successful, and they were all there, and sang a song and it was lovely but he had to stand up and say my name is and i'm an alcoholic and i just wanted to put my arms around in fact the whole room that all went around and they all said it and i don't know there's something that doesn't sit right with me about it is either and i've purposely not gone to an aa meeting because i didn't want to to be clear i wanted to do it my way i wanted to create what i had to create without mm. knowing what they do if that makes sense mm, yeah and also um, if you've done it yourself you feel a lot better about yourself because you've done it yourself if you see what i of mean of course and mm. this is this is a positive spin on it that's why my business is called the soberholic instead of being the alcoholic mm. so i'm choosing not to drink because i prefer my sober life mm. i feel sorry for the people who still have to drink because they don't know what i know they don't see what i see Claire, it's been fascinating talking to you. How do people get in touch with you if they think they need um, yeah, some help? Well, I'm, I'm on, um, as we all are, on Facebook, so mm. I've got quite good following on there. Um, it's Claire the Soberholic okay. um, is my page, or my website is thesoberholic.com. Okay, thesoberholic.com. Brilliant. Claire, thank you very much for talking to Human Stories. It's been uh, fascinating and definitely useful to some of our listeners. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. Bye. Human Stories is a free podcast with no fees paid to contributors in the hope that they'll somehow inspire and help other people. Get in touch if you've got a story to tell. If you or your organisation would like a professional podcast series to get your message across, contact me to chat about the very reasonable costs involved. Human Stories with Tony Lloyd.